This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode 46. Here we go. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. Just imagine this. It's late in the day on a Thursday. You've looked over all the data, and now you have to make a decision. One you know it's not going to be an easy one. It's going to affect everything and everyone. It could be that one defining decision for your life and maybe even your career. So you start rationalizing why you shouldn't have to make the decision. It really should be somebody else. So you pick up the phone, you start to call somebody and then realize it is on you and you know this, it's all on you. So you close everything down and decide to tackle that giant in the morning. Next morning comes and you're still not decided. You still aren't sure what to do. You don't want to admit it, but you are absolutely petrified to make this decision. So, you know what, let's just hold off until lunch. Maybe some food will help you think, maybe it'll get, uh, give you some clarity. Lunch rolls around and you are absolutely swamped with work. It's a Friday afternoon and there's just no time to stop. So, okay, when I get home um, or maybe right around when I'm ready to leave, okay, that's the time. So dinner it is. Then it's next week. Does that sound familiar? Maybe I've exaggerated this just a little bit. No, 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 you haven't. Like. What you're saying is exactly what I've struggled. Like you haven't exaggerated it enough. Like when you know you've got a hard decision to make, it is so easy for you to continue pushing that thing off. True. Problem is the more you push it off, the more you keep delaying that thing. The only thing that causes fear to grow is time. That's it. The monster won't grow anymore if time isn't involved. Okay. Right. It, if you take care of the monster immediately, it's slayed. You've done it. You've dealt with it. And I'm not saying every decision needs to be like, well, got to make a hard decision, boom, and you just do it because there's also a good idea to have some tact and to think through things right. and to make sure you have all the right components before you just jump into something. But I think we know the balance, right? Like, you know, that gut kind of urging and nudging that's telling you whether something's something you need to take care of now or whether you need to think about it and not, it's not a perfect kind of scenario, but the only thing that grows fear is time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And these hard decisions are hard enough as it is when we allow fear to get in there, it it just wrecks everything. Um, What do you, Pete, what do you think uh, is the reason we're afraid to make hard decisions? I think there's a lot. Um, I think it's a multifaceted reasoning. Um, I think one of the things is we've got this fear that it's going to be, I mean, the end of the world, right? We're going to just be done. That's it. We're going to make this decision. And now we're going to look stupid. We're going to lose our friends. We're going to lose our company. We're going to lose our people, whatever it may be. All those things. I think it's, it's racing through your brain too. Mm. And your brain doesn't have time to really, um, 
I mean, really, it doesn't have time to to process all of that. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think when I think through reasons, I'll have fear in those moments. Um, loss of respects, one of them. I think you said looking stupid, right? I, yeah. In our last episode, Jen Ramo even said that we're all afraid to look like idiots and big yeah. dummies, and that's yep. why we do or don't do things. A lot of times, it's really spot on. Um, I think I think also just like hard arguments and conversations are contentious and contentious yeah. talks are they're emotionally driven and that's that's okay but i think i think we think about having those conversations and we put them in a category of bad instead of yeah. just neutral right like so we automatically are putting it in a place that it's it's already kind of charging us for this isn't good therefore it right. must be bad and it Sometimes it can just be neutral. We need to allow it to be neutral. Um, but you, you can't you can't be afraid of the argument or the fight because if if you allow that fear to grow, it's going to keep you from doing just a bunch of other things. Yeah. I think there's areas that um I mean for for me, one of the things that um and I don't know if this is a one thing, an Enneagram one thing, or if this is just a me thing, but mm -hmm. that fear of the unknown is pretty big. Not knowing what all the ramifications will be when this decision is made. Maybe there's something I haven't thought of. Maybe there's something that because of this, it'll be a snowball effect. And I can't foresee that. And I think a lot of times that that causes us to freeze into a, mm -hmm. well, the devil that I know right now is better than the devil I don't know. Yeah. And then we start not making decisions just because, well, at least I know where the downfalls are. At least I know where the problem areas are and I can try to adjust, but we're not really doing anything about it. We're just kind of sitting there and hoping that there's not this unknown snowball effect that just destroys everything. Mm. And I think, I think that's where a lot of times my brain goes to, you know, and then I know this will sound familiar to everybody, but then you're up at night thinking about it, trying to fix it in your brain, yeah. trying to figure out different ways. And you've just put it off for so long. Now it's just, it's inundating everything that you are. Um, and you're just, now you're, now you've got those racing, racing thoughts of unrealistic, um, outcomes that just aren't, aren't real, which just continues to put it off even further and continues to grow your fear. We are the cause of the, the fears too. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, it's not that these things are massive and scary and, and they can be, but we're the cause of allowing those fears to grow. Uh, when we don't take care of it. And when you don't take care of that hard stuff, it's going to wreak havoc on your team that you are leading. Okay. Yeah. So you don't think it's a big deal. You're like, Oh, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. All of a sudden you're going to see big issues come up and people are going to be frustrated for cultural reasons, for um, fairness reasons, right? Like people are going to bring things up because the thing is, is they can see the issue clearly. Mm -hmm. You can see the issue clearly yeah dealing with it is harder and and this is the big idea of it all okay so like forget everything else don't forget this hard decisions are not really that hard they're just emotional that's it yeah. they're just emotional they are cortisol driven they are heightened like fight or flight moments but they're not really that hard 
And when you think about the categories that of the type of issues you're going to deal with, you know, we talk about it a lot, just analyzing the data, look at what is the real issue, try to get away. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to not deal with the issue right in the moment, step back, look at your data and just say, okay, what's the issue? They're not showing up. That's easy. Hey, you weren't here on Monday. You right. weren't here on Wednesday. You weren't here yeah. on Thursday. Thanks for showing up on Tuesday, I guess. Like yeah. that's the analyze. Like you just make it real simple. We had three no call no shows. That's we're, we're letting you go. <laughs> like that's right. Here's or you're on probation or, you know, let's talk through that. But other issues going to be the right person, right seat stuff. And this can get a little more challenging, right? Like this is where um, you may, let's say you have uh, right person, wrong seat. Maybe not as hard to deal with because it's more about like, hey, do you feel like you're in the right seat? Maybe we need to align. And that discussion goes a little different. So another one would be the wrong person, right seat. So wrong person. Um, it isn't hard to see wrong person. Like, in fact, when you see wrong person, you're like, oh, they're not a good fit. And that's pretty easy. If it was wrong person, wrong seat, that's a really easy talk yeah. because you're just like, you don't fit our culture. You don't fit our team. You don't, you're not good at what you're doing. You've yeah. been here a long time. Like, I mean, this one's clear. Let's just deal with it. Wrong yeah. person, right seat is hard because wrong person, um, or I'm sorry, because right seat is you have somebody fitting in that position and they're doing well. They might just be an asshole. And when they're an asshole, that makes it really hard because if if they're an asshole, but they're doing good things, it's easier to justify their existence in your organization or on your team because they're doing good things. But that's, that, that's going to cause way bigger problems. And mm -hmm. that leads us to cultural issues when you have core value issues because the culture side of it is is like the environment that you're fostering for your team and if people aren't hitting those core values then they're going to they're going to basically disprove what you are saying you believe and they're going to tear it down and yeah. you just can't have that i think there's another aspect to go, kind of go back to right person right seat you had said mm -hmm. this um maybe a week or two ago um you had said i think there's an aspect of it that is also right time Right. And that I think that time factor, um, that time plays a factor in this, too, in the decision. Sometimes you've got the right person and they're in the right seat, but it's not the right time. That makes it very difficult because if you've got the right person, right seat, but you physically can't sustain that position or um, you're not ready for it, there's not enough work for it. There's not enough financial backing for that position. That makes a very difficult situation. Um, to, to be able to, um, it, there's a lot of emotions tied up with that because now you've created this relationship and you have to talk to that person to figure it out. And I think that that plays another factor too, that, um, I think a lot more, I think we see that a lot of times, um, and we put off that decision because, well, they're the right person and they're in the right seat, but right now it's not the right time. Yeah. When you mention the right person, right seat, right time, honestly, I've, this one was really has been the hardest, honestly, for me. So I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, we recently had to, um, you know, we had 
what we learned was we had too many people in our in-house. We were operating at super high efficiency. We were being productive as could be, but we had so much there as opposed to out in the field making direct labor. And this isn't like, like this is probably a whole nother conversation, but we, we were valuing and I don't know if idolizing the idea of productivity so much that we just had too many people to support the organization or to be supported by the organization. And this was on me, right? Like having the right person and right seat, we've gotten so good at good at. And the reason I brought up the whole right time was we were doing awesome. We were doing great. I screwed it up by not really looking at the organization as a whole, not looking can the organization support this level of productivity? Because if you spend all your money on being the most productive team in the world, that's great, but you've used all your money. And so there's, there is a balance there and it's not an easy balance to see. And this one may be one of the hardest because I had to go to people who were amazing at their job and tell them I screwed up. I blew it. You're awesome. You're the right person. You're in the right seat. You're doing the right things the right way at the right time. You are everything we need here. I've screwed up. And like that one, that decision tore me to pieces. And I, yeah, I, I, I mean, it was, it was just gut wrenching. And I'll tell you, I'm glad I'm on the other side of it now but I really definitely messed that up. But you are on the other side of it now, right? Mm -hmm. And not to downplay anything that you've gone through or any of that. And, and I've felt that too with you. So just to be really candid, like that was, that weighed on me heavily. Um, but we made it through. It mm -hmm. still sucks. Don't get us wrong. It still sucks that we had to do that. But we made the decision. We executed on the decision. And we're still here, right? Mm. And it's easy for us to think when we come across these really difficult emotional decisions that that's it. It's the end. We're not going to make it through. We're done. That's it. Period. Stop. Right. But that's not reality. Mm. Um, Blake, you said this on, on last episode and it was so good, but you said, think of the hardest thing that you've ever had to do and now realize you're still here, right? You walked through that difficult time. You were there through that. You felt the emotions. You felt the hardship. And then at the end of it all, you came out and it's a lot of times it's not as bad as we think it's going to be. Right. Um, I was telling somebody yesterday, we exaggerate the good and the bad, right? We exaggerate the good that it's always going to be better than what we think. And that's not reality. And we always exaggerate the bad that it's going to be worse than what we think. We tend to, to go to those extremes in our mind when we stay in our head, right? When we just stay there and we start analyzing and going over and going over and going over and putting fear in we start getting that point where we start exaggerating everything. And the reality is all of us do this. Every single one of us, I don't know of any single, of any person who would say to me, I just love making these hard decisions and they're not telling me a lie. I don't know anybody who would actually say, I just love living in that place of difficulty and, and stress. Everybody is nervous about this stuff. Everybody is thinking the same thoughts. You probably are too. We're not in isolation. We're not in in uniqueness in our in our thinking of is the world going to fall apart? We've all had those thoughts. Is this going to end everything? We've all had those thoughts. 
we're all nervous about this. And the more that um, the more that you realize that, the more that we all are able to talk about that too, the easier then it becomes to see the end of that decision. Is it still going to suck? Hell yeah, it's still going to suck. But you understand the the why behind it, the reason behind it, the goal at the end. Yeah, you're right. There absolutely is an end. We will survive those hard decisions. I think sometimes the thing that can make it easier to, because again, remember, hard decisions are not hard. They're just emotional. The thing that can make it easier is to lean into the emotional side of things because, again, emotions aren't bad. Emotions are actually good. They're helpful for us. And so to have that mindset that, like, there is an end, therefore, the what is the emotion I usually feel on the other side of this? And actually, the emotion's relief because you did survive, right? You Just this, like, weight off your shoulders. That's why a lot of times people say that it's – um whether you make the wrong, right decision or wrong decision doesn't matter as long as you make a decision because you get out of that emotional place. Um, and like, again, you don't, you, you never end up feeling as bad as you think it was going to feel. Um, it doesn't mean it you don't feel bad and it doesn't hurt. You do, but um, yeah, you, you, you can just get to a place where you have that relief. You have that breath of fresh air. If you are, so nervous about some decision that you haven't made in months, you are doing that to yourself. You are creating the ulcer. You are hurting yourself. Yeah. So what, how do we, how do we find um, clarity through these things? How do we overcome some of these giants? How do we get to a point where we can say, all right, I know it's going to suck. I know I'm going to experience fear, but here's the things, here's the tools that I need to be able to make that hard decision or that emotional decision. Mm. Yeah. First, you got to bring the evidence. We talked about analyzing the data. You've got to have the evidence for the hard decision. Okay. Cause you cannot just bring to the table, like these emotions, like, well, I feel like you're just not doing that great. Mm -mm, can't do that. Cause if someone came and said, Hey, I feel like you're not doing that great. Your response would be, do you have an example? Can you show me how? And if they're like, well, no, I can't think of one, but you know, you really, you just need to do better. And well, no, that's, that's not helpful. Well, you're really slow. Okay. Well, what is the standard I'm supposed to be hitting? Well, we don't really have that. We just know when it's faster, when it's slow. Nope. Can't do that. You got to have some kind of evidence to prove, right? That's, this is why, uh, it, it can not be a good thing for uh, nice guys, if you will, nice guys, nice gals, uh, to to just like push data aside, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. They were late, but not really that big of a deal until they're late the 30th time. But you can't say you've been late 30 times because you didn't document anything, right? You didn't call it out. You didn't hold them accountable. So if you don't have that evidence, you're going to walk into that conversation and you will look stupid, Okay. That's the easiest way is, is to do that. So you got you to gotta be able to bring evidence to the table. And for me, I, I talked a little bit about this, I think, in the last podcast. I keep referencing that podcast. It was a banger. So definitely jump back to that one. Uh, but practice the hard talks in your head. I know that's weird, but our brain doesn't know the difference between imaginative and actual. And if that's true i.e. like when you have a nightmare in the middle of the night and you wake up and you're sweating and you're 
body is just in fight or flight. Okay, that's that's the imaginative, like your brain seeing the imaginative and treating it like the actual. Well, visualization and kind of practicing those hard talks is important for that same reason. Okay, so um, when we're in the midst of hard talks, we tend to not think about the right things, especially like, have you ever been in a hard talk and you left that hard talk and all of a sudden you were like, dang, I should have said this and should have said this and I had a great saying for this and man, I could have blown him away with this A-bomb of a, of a response and you didn't do any of it because your brain wasn't allowing you to. And so this is kind of how the brain functions, right? Uh, I don't, you've probably heard, and I think we've even talked about it, the front brain and the back brain, the frontal cortex and the cerebellum, I think is what it's called, or a, a lot of books call it the lizard brain or the alligator brain, which is um, that back brain, which is more fight or flight or automatic response. And then the front brain, which is the thinking brain. When we're in hard conversations, we're actually in the back brain, okay? And what's happening in that time is cortisol is building up. And as cortisol is building up, it's ready to help you fight a lion. It is ready to help you take on an alligator, right? It is prepping you for that moment. And if you don't use it, it just builds that stress. But you're not thinking rationally. You're not using that creative front part of your brain to have empathy, to understand what they're going through and what you're going through, to have a conversation that is actually productive because you, you haven't experienced that moment before. And so you're in that fight or flight moment. When you work through this and you practice that hard talk and you go through it, now you're used to it, right? Your body and your brain are used to that natural or that response that you're gonna be experiencing it. And that's how you get out of the back brain, move more to the front brain to have those conversations. And it's just having the points ready to talk about. Hey, hard conversations are hard because they're emotional, right? They're not hard because it's the data is the data, but that's how your brain's going to work and how you can help in the process. It's important that you don't do this in place of this discussion, right? It's easy for us to start creating stories in our minds and have these conversations. I've done it so many times where I've had conversations with people and they're never a part of it, but I've answered for them. And my answer for them, and you'll see this as you start analyzing, you'll start realizing that those answers you have for them are like worst case scenario, right? So don't go to that place. Go to the place as you're, as you're practicing these hard talks, go to that place for preparation, preparing for that conversation, not for just the worst case, prepare for all of them that you can think of, right? Take that time and think through it. How will they respond to this? How would I respond to this, right? That's another good question to ask is how would I respond if someone says X, Y, Z to me rather than, oh my goodness, of course they're going to say, that's it. We're done. I'm never speaking again in our lives, right? Go to this and place. Don't... For... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go to this place for preparation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's, that's exactly what I was going to hop yeah. on is it is that preparation side, but also don't, don't take ton of time here take time get to those places the thing pete was talking about in the beginning of building up all of this like you know i'll talk to him at lunch no nah, lunch you know i didn't i had something that didn't sit right with me and i'll wait till evening oh i'm sure they're trying to relax for the evening 
that's that's not a farce that's not a fiction that's not a fantasy that's that's reality you got to kind of come up with some timeline for yourself hey i'm going to make this decision by blank i'll tell you even the hard decisions i've had to make as soon as i actually put a date to something there was there was a relief of tension there too when i finally said you know I got to deal with this. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck, but I got to do it. And I'm going to do it on this day. That all of a sudden made it way easier to do. Yeah, I I love the idea of controlling that that time frame. When you control mm-hmm. the time frame, you also can to an extent control the fear. Right? You know when that decision has to be made. So there's no getting away from it. I'd stay away from absolutes too while you're while you're in this process, right? Yes. Always and never terrible terrible things and terrible Mm -hmm. places to be my my oldest he's seven i love him to death but he only believes and talks in absolutes every single thing did you know sharks are always killers now that's not something he said but that's typically the type of (laughs) phrase that he uses he starts with did you know and then tells me something that's always or never those aren't that's not true there are absolutes in life for sure um but the, the older I get, the more I learn, I feel that there's a lot more absolutes than really we started with, or at least we thought we started with. And stay away from those absolutes. Stay away from the always and the never. And please stay away from the insults. I was talking to one of our, to our field supervisor this week, um, and he's, he, he needs to have a, a difficult conversation with somebody. And he goes, so help coach me on this, Pete. How do I, here's what I want to say. And I know that's not right. I said, honestly, the first thing to stay away from is cussing. Stay away from cussing. Because when you cuss, your mind goes away from creativity. And now it's inflammatory. The next thing to follow after that is going to be insults. You know, you always are late and you're lazy and you're slow. You start getting down that road. Stay away from those insults. Stay away from the cussing. Stay away from the absolutes. All of those things just take you down a road um, when you're having that conversation, um, that is just not good. And it's going to, it's going to cause more problems than if you just laid out the data, practice the talk, be humble, give them the opportunity to speak to, and then work through it together with, with the end goal in mind being reconciliation or moving forward, not a separation, not a parting of ways. If you're talking about right person, right seat, that type of thing, um, you always want to go, you know, best case scenario is, hey, we work it all out and they become an absolutely incredible, valuable member of the team, right? That's the goal there in mind. So if you if you keep that in mind too, as you're going through these difficult conversations, that's going to help you get to that point of staying away from the absolutes, bringing the evidence, practice those hard talks and stay away from the insults. Remember to control the timetable. Set yourself a date or a time when the decision has to be made. By doing that, you take away a lot of the control that that fear has over you, and you take control of the situation. Work through these couple steps. Bring the evidence. Remember, it's not just it's not just a hard decision. This is about feelings. This is about emotions. A lot of emotions are wrapped up. So when you go into it, you need to step away from those emotions. Bring the data. Take time to practice those talks in your head, not just worst case scenario, but actually for the purpose of bringing reconciliation or whatever it may be. Remember, keep working through that, prepare for it, stay away from the absolutes, 
and stay away from I the would, I would also bounce it off people. Like, yeah, if you're going to make cool. a hard decision, go to people you really respect. Bring this scenario to them and, and try to keep it, like, not with a whole lot of emotion. Just give them the evidence yourself. See what they have to say. Maybe they're going to tell you something that you need to see before you go and start blasting somebody else. Because it's really easy to feel the emotion and take it as a personal attack instead of just realizing that maybe that's a personality thing. And so I, I always will tell you, please bounce it off people that you trust and respect. Isolation is a killer. Oh, Anything yeah. in isolation is a killer. Collaboration is key. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast. See you guys next time. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, a.k.a. Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song. 